We are live. We are live. We are live. We are, I left my necklace. Can you grab it off the dresser, please? It's it matches these earrings. It's still on the container. It's it's on my dresser, on the end of the dresser. We are live. We have a topic for you today. Today we are talking about patience. We're talking about patience. How much do you have? How much do you need? What do you Good morning, my name is Brian McNeil. And I am Lisa Santiago McNeil. And thank you for joining us on our show, Let's Talk About It. We come to each Monday through Friday right here on the SIBN Network on iHeartRadio, YouTube, TuneIn, as well as Facebook Live. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Like, 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 like. Like, 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 like. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are going to be talking about a very, very interesting topic today. Um, I've actually heard about it from some unlikely sources lately. Like and, smart well, that's not unlikely. Good morning, Melissa. You still on the beach? I'm gonna drive out there and be with you. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. How are you guys? You're disappearing. Doing? Did you tie it? What Very we said? Yes, it's Wealth and Wellness Wednesday, and today's topic is patience. Patience, patience, patience. Patience is a virtue. Um, why? Patience is patience really is contingent upon the expected res- or the the expected result from the specific resource. So I think it's really important to understand that patience in some cases can be conditional. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. If you're trying to grow an uh, olive tree, you might need a hundred years. That's right. But if you're trying to just plant some grass, Give it about six weeks. Onion, six weeks. Give it give it less time An for onion it. Onion plant is old in six weeks. Yep. And um, it really is about knowing what the requirement is for what it is you want. And again, that's conditional because there are some things we got to remember that God does things differently than the universe, differently than we are capable of, differently, let's just say differently. Differently than we are even able to comprehend. Differently, right? Because we reap where we have not sown. That means that there are situations that God can manifest what it is that you're expecting in a lot less time than what you're expecting it. Recently, I was watching. Um, let, me, let, me, let me get in there. Um, reap what you haven't sown. There's a practical business application too to that. And it happens all the time. When I first got into sales, I was 23 years old. And I worked for a company. We operated on a one-shot system. One-shot system. And what that means is that you had, it was in-home sales, you had one chance to make a sale with that particular household that you went to. So no matter if you liked them or not, you couldn't go back if you didn't make that sale. So what would happen is it created an environment, a competitive environment where if that salesperson that was there did not close that sale that night, he has to close hard. What happens is somebody else in the office would go back if the client wants to do it again or somebody else would go back. And then when the next person go back, 
it was very often a very easy sale because the first salesperson did all the work, did all the measuring, he did all the pricing, he did all the negotiating, he did all the back and forth, he did all the reasoning. And the next person going out there just write it up. Okay. Now you don't want someone else to take something that you worked so hard for, but you didn't finish. Okay, so that's how it operates. So you were able to reap where someone else has sown. Yes, and some and it and it really can be frustrating, particularly for the person for the sower. <laughs> the the topic came up in current news as our current um entertainment news as I was looking at some of the responses to Ti, uh, Ti the rapper. Mm -hmm. He made a foray into comedy. And he has been making his foray into comedy for some time. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And um, he was actually, um, he had made a statement prior to this particular event. This was his first paid event. This was his first paid event. And it was at a big arena, a big arena. But he supposedly put his foot in his mouth because when he was interviewed, he was saying, this is just comedy. It's easy. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, he said it was going to be. He said it was easy. It's easy. It's going to be easy. And uh, as easy it may as it as easy as it may seem to some people, what happened was, what happened was, he was in New York at this paid event. And New York, let me tell you something about New York. Don't go there with your BS. Don't no go there with your seven. trial run. Don't have step. Don't go there with your unprepared yeah, you do your trial run someplace else. You go, don't go someplace else. Don't, don't go to Atlanta or New York trying it out. with your BS, right? right? And um, he got booed. He got booed off the stage. He got booed. He got booed off the stage. Now, he has said some things to save face. He's pretty much said, you know, if you don't get booed, then you don't, you know, you know, you haven't deserved it or whatever. Um, you can't live for cheers. You, you'll if you live for cheers, you'll die for booze, is what the quote was exactly. But that's just trying to save face, right? So, but honestly, uh, one of the comments that I thought was um, was really provocative because it's one of the sayings that my husband and I utilize uh, quite frequently is was by Marlon Wayans, and that was. It takes 10,000 hours to become a professional. That's not by Marlon Wayans. The quote that <laughs> that I am quoting okay. from, I know that's not with the origin of the quote, okay. but it was provocative that it came from Marlon Wayans. Okay. The fact that he is typically ascribed as a comedy or an, a, com, a comedian or an actor mm -hmm. would subscribe to the same school of thought. You want to give the originator now? Yes, Malcolm Gladwell. So that did you just roll your eyes? I, if I could have rolled them harder, I would have taken them out and shoved them across the table. Miss so Phyllis, that you can see how much they roll. Miss Phyllis, come get your girl. Miss Phyllis, good morning, Jacqueline. Miss Phyllis, Miss Jacqueline, come get your girl. Good morning, Malcolm Gladwell. We wrote the book, The Tipping Point, and which is like it, it comes a point where enough people have heard about your thing, your sneaker, your book, your whatever, your speaking engagement, just enough other people you go through that struggling period but when you get to the what's called the tipping point when just enough other people have heard about it that your business skyrockets okay yes. nike went through it went through a slow growth and then they reached a tipping point and then everybody had to have okay lots of businesses go through that point and they get to that tipping point where it makes all the difference that place where it changes everything 
but he also, and he's, he's renowned for being very well researched, but he's also renowned for a book called The Outliers, The Outliers. And The Outliers is describing people who have uncommon success in a given area, whether it be in business or sports, like Bill Gates and athletes and all kinds of people have uncommon success. And, and people who have that uncommon success, when his research he came to, it took about 10,000 hours of practice. Not doing, I mean, not, not making money with it. It takes about 10,000 hours of practice. World-class violinists, hockey players, Bill Gates. You know, it takes them about 10,000 hours of practice. Now, you can't do 10,000 hours in a year. It takes years to get to 10,000 hours. And that's how much time it takes for you to be an outlier, having uh, uncommon success. And I thought that it was particularly provocative that that particular reference to that quote <laughs> was from Marlon Wayans. Jacqueline says, <laughs> she's laughing. She's laughing like crazy. She said, it made it just in time to hear you say, take your eyes out. <laughs> Of you too. I have taken them out and rolled them across the room. That's Marlon, how much I wanted to Marlon roll. Marlon Wayans can read too, baby. Come on. You saying Marlon Wayans can't read? No, he can read. He's a very intelligent. He has great longevity in the industry. He is from a um, from a quite talented family, but he still made his own way. He utilized and leveraged the family and the name, but he put in the work. Mm -hmm. He's not just sitting around whistling Dixie. And I just thought it was particularly provocative that he made that reference. And, you know, with no disrespect, to be quite honest, T.I. is very successful in his own right. And so many, uh, and not so many, but some rappers have transitioned over to acting, acting and other things. And um, I, what do you, we have Ludacris, he transitioned from rapping to acting. Mm -hmm. And he's actually a pretty good actor, mm -hmm. I think. I think so. Um, and T.I. is a pretty good actor. And I honestly think that he will probably become a pretty good comedian. I've seen him do some comedy sets, but I think that he had not stored up enough of the hours to take that set in New York. And maybe he didn't have the patience to wait. Great yeah, stand-up comedians. When they're going to do... Um... A Netflix special, okay, for example. They go around and they do it on in the regular little... little we clubs. actually saw they Chris Rock because he, yep. was, he was... I got some news. Y'all wouldn't be able to get in to see me do a regular set, but I'm trying out some new material. Who else is going to try it out? And I'm trying it out. I'm coming here. I'm coming to North Carolina. I'm mm -hmm. going to the... the that's, well, that's what champions um, the do. The music called it. In the music, past, yeah. the Chitlin Circuit. Yeah, the Chitlin Circuit. But that's what champions do. You got to go somewhere in front of real live people and face those boobs. Hey, Stephania. They have to face that. They have to put themselves in a position where the person could say no or yes. yes. There's so many app, app, uh, applications to this. Um, good morning, Stephanie. How you doing? She says, hey, family. It's Wonderful Wednesday. Yes, call it that. Wonderful Wednesday. Wonderful Wednesday. But today's topic is Wealth, Wellness, Wednes Wealth and Wellness Wednesday. And today's topic is patience. 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 Understanding patience is partially half the battle. Being willing to accept when God decides to step in and allow you to reap where you have not sown is great. 
But having that patience along the way, patience is a virtue. Patience with you, patience with yourself, patience with others, patience with your process, and patience patience with the thing that you're trying to get done. And like in, your patience with your businesses. And in that patience, having the right mindset, the right mindset for the patients. We've been talking a lot about mindset and I realized I wasn't talking enough about mindset. For a while, I began to think that all I was talking about mindset as a publisher. Why are you always talking about mindset? But I'm a coach before I'm a publisher. And one thing that I realized is that mindset is integral to every element and aspect of your life. The way you think about it before you do it matters greatly. Absolutely. Imagine if you were the one responsible for harvesting a bamboo field. Okay. Imagine you were the one who had, I don't know, do bamboos come from seeds? Mm-hmm. Imagine eight years. Five years or eight years? Five years, baby. Check, the, check your facts. Anyway, <laughs> check your facts. Somebody anyway. go get your girl. <laughs> she know I know. I yeah. that no, story. you know, you think you know. You, ain't, you didn't originate the story. That's I'm going to take my eyes out again. That's enough. Patience is hard. I want things now. Absolutely. And it's natural to want things now. It makes sense to want things now. But the all of the good stuff, all of the good stuff really requires some patience. Imagine if you were the, were the one responsible for tending the bamboo. Okay. And every day... You had to go out there and water the bamboo that nobody could see. Yes, the bamboo plant, um, they, they submerge it in water and very wet area, okay? And they keep it that way. In year one, nothing happens. They've planted it. Year one, you can't see anything. But that farmer has to patiently tend that farm. He has to keep it watered. He has to keep it fertilized. Year two, nothing happens. Year three, nothing happens. But the farmer has to keep on tending to it. Good morning, Michelle DeWitt. Good morning, Arthur Lynette as well. Um, but they have to contend with year four, still nothing happens. Year five, that bamboo plant that you have tended to up to five years shoots out of the ground and grows 90 feet. Now, people who don't know, Wow, that plant grew 90 feet in just one year's time. 90 feet up into the air in just one year's time? Wow. No. There was all that stuff that you couldn't see that was going on, all that groundwork. It requires patience. And if that farmer decided at any point to stop tending to it, okay, you would have to start the process all over again or just would expect not to get any bamboo. Okay? Thank you, Arthur Lynette. She's ringing the bells for us. Ding, ding, ding. If you have to ring the bell, it's only because Lisa decided to be tripping today. Okay, that's all. Okay, Michelle Dewitt says we need to talk. Oh, when Stephanie's saying to Michelle, we need to talk. Okay, cool. I get that. I get that. So we need to understand exercising patience. As I was processing my pain to purpose, um, my pain to purpose uh, thoughts because of some of the things that I was sharing with a with an with another one of my authors and coaches, um, that God had been revealing to me that not only do not only are we are people, and this is actually a talk that He's working on in me, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity to share it. But not only is He not only a, not only are we a people who avoid who are who have grown to avoid pain, 
we eschew pain. We want to. We don't even want to be in pain. We have ultimately also become a people who doesn't even want to be uncomfortable. We don't even want to be uncomfortable. I think that discomfort and that and that pain are there for a reason. Um, the decide the discomfort can spur you to do something else or do something more, or do something greater. The pain can spur you to figure out whatever you got to figure out to get this pain away. Okay, uh, Sister Lynette, Capricorns don't trip. We straight on point B. We and all Capricorns, Arthur Lynette, really? All Capricorns, really? <laughs> Sister Jacqueline says, she says, great information about mindset, great information about success. Same thing concerning wealth. People who become wealthy have family members who believe what, what is one family member is everybody's. What is one family member's is everybody's. Obtaining wealth takes years. People used to tell my children they were rich when their uncle Michael Rogier, Rogier went pro. Mike Rogier is your uncle? Okay. After, okay. <laughs> After winning the Heisman. Yeah, I'm running back from Nebraska. I told them, no, you are not rich. That is, that is Uncle Mike's money. You are not rich. Mike Rogier played running back uh, for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And that was an interesting team because um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Mike Rogier in Nebraska, but he also had um, a wide receiver there uh, that was a Heisman contention and a quarterback also. The three skill positions on offense, they all were fantastic that year. Okay. I think that uh, Michael is her brother. I think she was talking about her children's uncle. Or brother-in-law. Michael Rogier that won the Heisman was a running back. And it could be her brother. You know, brother certainly could be. Or brother. I, I don't know. But <laughs> I think this is great that you bring up that point. Absolutely. It ain't y'all money. It's his money. Yeah. Um, man, there was so much I wanted to go to there. But we're talking patience today. And there's so many different ways we need to talk about patience. I'm glad we started off talking about the 10,000-hour rule by Malcolm Gladwell. He did that. He came up with that number by studying um, the Beatles by studying uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, when he was 13 years old, him and um, Paul Allen got a chance to practice at a computer at the time at a country club that their parents happened to own, I mean, by a part of, and no one else was even interested in the computer. They just wanted to have one, okay? They wanted to say that their country club had a computer, you know, when others didn't have it. But young Bill Gates and Paul Allen found it interesting. You know, they played on it all the time. You know, it takes those hours. Jack and Rosie, yes, Brian, Mike played for the and he played for the Oilers. That's right. Um, <laughs> Stephanie says, "How do you practice patience?" Well, I'm gonna tell you what you don't want to do. You don't want to pray for patience <laughs> because God teaches patience through opportunity. Yeah. Um, she says, um, "Yes, Brian, he might play for the Oilers." And how do you practice patience from Stephanie and Jacqueline Rose? Said, "My brother-in-law, great guy, I love him dearly." Now, make sure. I was correct. Did he not play for the University of Nebraska that you know of? Because I'm pretty sure that's right. She said he play, played for the Oilers. Oilers is the pro team. The pro team. Nebraska right. so is you're the talking college about team. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly, Michelle. If you pray for patience, God puts you in situations where you have to exercise your patience. Well, it won't happen in your timing. And you're going to get your patience. You're going to get it. Okay. You're going to get it. So how do you practice patience? Patience is practiced through trust, trusting in God, trusting in the process, trusting in all, trusting in Romans 8 and 28, all things are working together for the good. 
Trusting is how you practice patience. And I tell you, it's often easier said than done. Now, how would I know? This happened in the early 80s, I think, Mike Rozier. How was I able to remember that he played for Nebraska and that they had a star wide receiver and they had a star quarterback? First off, they're Nebraska, okay? And the best players in the – they were some of the best players in the country. All three of them were black guys, but it was in the University of Nebraska. <laughs> Holloway was the quarterback. How would I remember that? Why does that remember? Why do I remember that? I didn't know any of these people, okay? We get we remember stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's football. Yep. We remember stuff. That's football. And basketball and boxing and track and field. Mm -hmm. I have all kinds of stats in that. So mm -hmm. come at me if you want to play trivia, Trivial Pursuit about sports stuff, because I got you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Exercising patience and reinforcing your patience is often done through testimonies, which again is why we encourage sharing your testimony, sharing your story. Your stories are going to fuel the patience for someone else. Michelle DeWitt says, how to, in my opinion, is time, tri trial, and trust. And time, trial, and trust. Yeah. Um, patience, especially like in your business. I'm a sales coach and I got clients, you know, and I've been having clients for years. And um, very often, clients do not have patience. They want to get it instantly, okay? Instantly. Now, I also want to get it instantly, but I do understand that even some of the understandings of my teaching take patience. I often hearken to this one lady who took our training, and she took it serious. She took it very serious, and she paid attention to everything. She took all the notes. She did everything I asked her to do, and she had a level of success. But she confessed to me one time, Brian, it was a full year after the training before it really clicked, before it really made sense to her. Because it took that long for her to marinate on it, to think on it, to practice it, and for it to fully make sense. It took some patience for that to happen. Jacqueline, thank you. She says, how to practice patience. Have a husband. Mm -hmm. Have children. That'll teach you. <laughs> See Lisa, Lisa, just what I said. We remember football. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wife. You learn some patience. Now. You tried. Bless your heart. I tried what? Have a wife. I do have a wife. Yeah. It requires patience. You tried. To be your husband. It requires patience. It requires no patience. It requires no patience to be your husband. My husband's going back already. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you trying to say? I'm telling you. It requires patience. This length is the length I really like it. Maybe just a little tiny bit more. Um, it does too require patience. Michelle DeWitt is laughing. <laughs> Michelle DeWitt, you happen to have a husband. Do you concur with Sister Jacqueline? If you want to practice patience, have a husband <laughs> and have children. <sighs> My dad used to um, have patience with us. Now, my dad gave us the spankings when I was a kid. I had four, I had four, it was four of us. I'm the oldest and I'm the only boy. And my dad had a, a lisp or a missing tooth or something, but he couldn't say V's. Okay. His V's sounded like B's. Okay. So over was over. Okay. That kind of thing. So my dad would give us a spanking, everyone that we earned, but he would never just spank your butt. He had to talk to you first. 
And, and the talks could be long because he wanted you to understand why he's about to spank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he would ask, you know, six-year-old Brian, why did you do that, Brian? Dad, I don't know. But Brian, I've told you over and over and over again. And me and Tracy would just mimic that and have fun with that over and over and over again so often. Not in front of him. Because <laughs> you ch- wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy. <laughs> you were amused, but you were not crazy. He was going to tell us this long story, and it required patience. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. But how often do you realize, or maybe not realize, that your patience is in direct proportion to who you're around, what your expectation is, and what your attitude is around that. And oftentimes our attitudes can be impacted by our perspective. Mm -hmm. So often what you're expecting and your timing and, and the condition that you have to wait, the condition that you have to wait. The school system decided to run a study. I've told this story on this broadcast four or five times over the years. I'm going to tell it again. The school system decided to do a study, and they called in three teachers before the school year began and say, look, you guys have demonstrated exceptional leadership and creativity. We're going to reward you this year with 30 top students, 30 great students. Each one of you are going to get 30 amazing students. And we want to see what kind of results with your teaching, with those amazing students, what kind of results you can get. And sure enough, the teachers had a wonderful school year. They enjoyed the students. The students enjoyed the teachers. The students scored high on standardized testing. They had a great school year. And at the end of the school year, they called the three teachers back in the room and it says, look, we were actually running an experiment on you guys. Those um, students that we gave you, we all just picked them randomly. They were all chosen randomly. And then, but we had such a great year. Yeah, but the students were chosen randomly. It was nothing at all special or unique about any of those children. So then the teacher was like, okay, well, because we're such great teachers. Psych. And then he said, actually, we chose your names out of a hat. You were random, too. You were random, too. We pulled the hat for your three names. But the the experiment was demonstrating the law of expectancy. When the teachers expected they had great children, when they were in an environment where they thought they had great children, they performed better. When the, when the teachers were told that you guys were creative and exceptional and, and good leaders and all that stuff, they performed that way. Absolutely. Good morning, Felicia. That's why it's important. I think um, when we're working with anyone, whether we're working with volunteers or even employees, that we at least find a way to emphasize what we expect from them in a way even that still it. celebrates what we believe they're capable of. If you're going to overexpect it, even, you know, I know because it's you, this is going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Okay? That expectancy, you know, they perform to that level of expectancy. Even your children, even the people around you, if you think this person around you can't do it, okay, and that even if you don't say it, okay, but the sentiment, they can't carry the ball, they can't get it done, that permeates. It okay. does. And they're going to perform that way. It creates a vibration that in that people really can feel. Mm-hmm. They can feel, they can see, they can they don't know what it is, but you know when you've been around someone that is typically uh 
negative energy. Good morning, Miss Felicia Gardner. She says, good morning, beautiful people. Jacqueline says, Brian, you are funny. And she's laughing. Don't need patience to have a wife. Really? We are always years ahead. Really? No need to really? work, baby. <laughs> Even when we are late, uh -huh. we have so much to think about wow. and do. So what seems to be late is how we make uh, our own Oh, my gosh. Talk about I'm funny. Sister Jacqueline, you funny. <laughs> that was poetic justice. Oh, my gosh. Where are the brothers? That is the truth. I need my men up in the room. the truth will make you free. Whatever. I'm going to let it go because there's no other men in the room right now. <laughs> so I'm going to let it go. You do not need patience for a wife. A wife is supportive. Loves you say it however you want to say it. But that's still ain't the case. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You don't have whatever. You can say it however. But it ain't true. Okay. Being a husband requires not saying stuff. That requires some patience. Okay. It requires that. It requires some overlooking things. Okay. And being a wife doesn't. We do it so well that you don't even realize it's being done. Girl, you don't even know how much stuff I overlook and not say. Mm -hmm. Patience. Good morning, Miss Nicole Williams, the butterfly poet. What's going on with you? Hey, Nicole. Patience is understanding that all things will come in due season if you faint not is that true think about that hasn't everything come in due season in your life haven't you gotten everything in due season if you were to if you had the means to um afford anything would you give your six-year-old son a cadillac and say here you go son this is yours okay you're welcome to drive would you give your 10 year old would you give your 15 year old a brand new cadillac okay they're not ready for that they're not ready for that. That's not the due season. It's not the due season for that. Okay. Um, when Mike Tyson was 20 years old and had $100 million in the bank, and he went a little bit buck wild. Okay. He was acting out, buying two Bentleys at a time and acting out. Why? He got all this money, but he wasn't really ready. For that kind of wealth. He wasn't mentally prepared. No one had coached him about what that's going to be like. It wasn't due season. But he got it. And, and a lot of mess happened because of it. That's what happens when you're not ready for a thing. Okay. If I, at age 20, had gotten $100 million, would I be the man that I am today? Probably anybody would. Because, without pro yeah, probably would. Because I went into the Army when I was 17. So I did have some discipline. Was that Gary Owen that said, um, I got my first check. I found out I was making $24,000 a year. And I called my mom and said, you can quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> that is because even though he was getting $24,000, it wasn't a lot. It right. wasn't enough. A lot of people, he would not have understood what to do with more because here he thought with less that he could do that much more. Yeah. Yeah. Patience. It requires that. It takes some hours into your business life. Here's another thing, too. I used to post on a wall. I haven't posted them lately, but I'm going to put it up again. But you can't cheat your hustle. You can't cheat your hustle. Your hustle knows if you're working hard or not. Absolutely. Even if no one can see you. You can't cheat your game. You cannot cheat your game. But the cool thing about not being able to cheat your game is when you do work hard, your hustle knows, okay? Your hustle knows, and all of your hard work will be rewarded. 
all your trainings, none of it will be wasted. Every every ounce of time and energy and money you invest in, the, in development, none of it will be wasted. And some of those things that come only through sacrifice or might or possibly come through a painful process, understand that that is necessary. There's something that it is either providing for you or showing you about. There's always a purpose for any of the pain that you go through. Dr. Sister Jacqueline says, Brian, that is love, not patience. Patience is about endurance, mm -hmm. fortitude, mm -hmm. and composure. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll go with you on that. Good morning, Dr. Deborah. <laughs> Dr. Deborah, we're glad you're here. We're talking about patience. Patience. Love is patient, caring. Love is kind. I love patience. Understand. Well, I love it only because I realize that it's necessary. And that's perspective that you get to have as you're putting it together. There were some things that we would not change if we had not been given the pain point to impact us to make the change that we might want to see. A couple decide they want a baby. They want a baby. We decide to have a baby. How you doing, Sister Pamela Howard? We hey. want a baby. So they do what they have to do to produce a baby, okay? They can, uh, what's that person? Conception. They do what they have to do to conceive a baby. They wanted a baby. They did what they had to do to conceive a baby, and they are pregnant. Now, after they've done what they need to do, they have the desire for the baby, that first month, no baby comes. The second month, no baby comes. They still got to wait. Why? We want our baby now. That doesn't work. It takes nine full months, okay, because that baby has to go through a gestation period. It has to go through a time where it's growing. But other than the baby bump and the pregnant belly, other than that, you can't see no evidence as to what's going on inside there. You can't see it with your eyes from the outside. And that's similar to what you may be experiencing for those that may be in the process of building and growing, that there are seasons where it looks like nothing is happening. And in those seasons, you got to continue to persist because here's the thing about what's happening beneath the surface. It's building upon itself. Each activity that you do is building upon itself. And when you don't continue because you lose faith or because cir circumstances um, occur beyond your control, you lose momentum. A lot of people use momentum, lose momentum. I have a client right now, they have this great idea. I'm not gonna share it with you. And they, um, they've been working on this great idea for about a year and a half, two years, something like that. And so they hired me to uh, record a presentation as to how would I sell their great idea. They paid me well for it, too. And I did that. And they still haven't put it out there on the market yet. So they've been holding this thing. They've been working on it for a long time. They still haven't put And I came up with the idea. I think I did it with Lisa. Um, you don't have to wait until it's completely done to start selling it just like books, just like movies, just like good projects. They pre-sell to raise money to finish these things out. They pre-sell a movie. They pre-sell a book. And I was telling these guys, look, uh, even if you're just close, we can pre-sell it now. Preview of coming attraction. Here's what's coming. You can buy it now and have it when it's fully loaded. So I got a chance to just yesterday. I got a chance to get before the board for this company that hired me with this, what I consider a great idea. They still haven't brought it to the market. And I was like, well, look, um, 
why don't we sell it now? You know, because I was afraid they were losing momentum. Why don't we start selling it now? I'm ready to put this thing to market. I want to help you guys bring it to the market. I'm ready to sell it now. And then they had um, they had two of the men there. They had great reasons to wait. Okay. <laughs> they had great reasons to wait. Uh, they had great arguments of put, putting it out now. And so that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep waiting. They're going to exercise patience, whereas I wanted to move now. But they're going to exercise patience until they get everything ready. Jacqueline says, love that song, Lisa. You are right. I apologize. Let me clarify. Brian said, overlooking. Overlooking something someone does is love. And we know Brian loves Lisa. Whatever oh, yeah. gave you that idea. Whatever gave you that idea. Dr. Deborah, you are absolutely right. She says, sometimes I find myself having to do things over again because I was not patient for the planned outcome. I ran ahead and messed it up. Yeah. Absolutely, I understand that. And I think that there's something to be said for both schools of thought, actually. Um, patience and imperfect action. I think they both have their place. And in balance, one together, they can actually prove to support one another. I even said that to the gentleman last night. I said, look, there's different concepts here. There's that ready and then aim and then fire. Okay, that's one thing. But you always have another concept called ready, fire, and then aim. And I was explaining to the man, I said, look, until you take some shots, you don't know if you're on range or not. Like if you're shooting down a gun range, you don't, until you take your first shot, you don't know if you, like, for example, the first shot might be in the dirt. And then, you know, you got to raise your muzzle up a little bit, or it might be to the left or to the right. So you got to make adjustments, but you don't know what adjustments you need to make until you make, take your shot. I was trying to explain to them that we're going to learn things that our market is going to teach us as we're offering this, that we couldn't have anticipated. There's going to be things that we're going to learn until you take some shots, until you put it out there, that you haven't taken the proper full seminar yet, is what I was explaining to them. And they heard me, but they had their way, and they probably are right, actually. And, and actually, there's so much to be said for that process of ready, fire, aim. And it's often in a situation where you would think that the most intricate details need to be solidified before making the trip. And they actually have set points that are set. They only, they not only have that, they have backup. They don't just have a pilot. They have a co-pilot. Yep. They have <laughs> flight plans. They have all these things. But the whole process is about readjusting along the way. Yep. Because there are outliers that they don't have any control over. The, they can estimate the wind. But they don't know. They don't know. They can estimate the altitude. They can estimate lots of things, the baggage, the people, the weight, mm -hmm. the shifting, all of those things. But there is still going to be a necessary, a, a necessary level of readjustment. And a lot of them, a lot of readjustments. And that's know? why if they decided instead that they were going to be ready, aim, fire, as opposed to uh, ready, fire, aim, then the planes would never ever get out of the airport planes ships rockets do you know that ships and rockets and plane are technically off course about 98 percent of the time that's a large period of the time almost all of the time because there off are course. because there are things that they could not factor in they could estimate those factors but until we're in the real world we can't address them right it's off course they adjust it back Goes off course, they adjust it back. That's just what you do. Okay, so I, I still am 
if I'm counseling any young entrepreneur, let's give it a shot. Let's see. And that's the other thing, too. I've told them this. I told this story as well. I've told it on here before, too. I've had a great client. She was out of New I mean, we read that. Yeah, yeah. She was out of New York and she was a doctor. She had been a doctor for many, many years. And um, she decided because of her study, she believed that food can heal all illnesses. Everything that you're sick from, the food you eat can heal you from and keep you from getting sick. That was her strong belief. She believed that there was foods that can cure anything. So she wanted to open up a practice to show how food can heal you. Okay. Now we told this story before. So she's a doctor. She's in New York. She's going to open up a practice talking about how foods can heal you. So she wanted to portray credibility. Okay. So she got a Park Avenue, New York office. That's very expensive real estate in New York. She wanted her office to be on Park Avenue. She got that. And then she wanted people that visit her office to feel confident in her capabilities. So she got this this um, bone and mahogany desk that was beautiful desk. She got this really, really expensive desk. She got this really great website that had a lot of flashing things that flash up and she's paid for branding and branding colors. And she did all of this stuff. And what she did not have was any paying clients. When she came to me, actually one of her friends told me about her and her friend said, look, you got to help her, Brian. She's about to go under. She's She had no clients with all this money out, okay? She was aiming but not firing. She didn't even give it a try for anybody to be her client. She had no idea how to do it. But quite honestly, going under might have been exactly what she needed. She went back to the hospital. <laughs> I helped her for a little wow. while, but then she ended up going back in the hospital. Okay. Um, Dr. Deborah says, yes, such a balancing act. It can sometimes be frustrating for me when I'm going alone. For me, it helps to have coaching, accountability, and sometimes even motivation Amen. to stay the course while on the course. We all need it. Um, who could do that? None, life is supposed to be a team sport. None, none of us have enough experience because of how long we've been on this earth. None of us have enough experience to do any of this stuff. We all need coaching, mentoring. We all need accountability. We all need resources. We all need to continually learn. No one has lived long enough. Even if you're 100 years old, you know, you haven't lived long enough to do it all by yourself. <clears throat> Felicia says it's always best to think twice before you do some before you do anything. Sometimes it gives you a chance to really think it through before making a difficult decision. Action is key. But the right action is best. Think twice. How about thinking three times? How about thinking four times? How about thinking five times, six times, seven times, eight times? You're overthinking. I am I am battling um, the spirit of perfectionism sometimes. The spirit of I got to make sure everything is right before I go out there. I got to make sure I know all of the stuff. Okay, I got to make sure I'm able to answer any question that the potential client can ask me. Because you know, <coughs> I don't want to be out there and not be able to answer some innocuous thing. But as much as you try, as much as you, <laughs> you do that, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. You have to take an action at some point. And if you never take that action, if you prepare, we've had some lifelong learners in our um, midst from time to time where they need another alphabet after their name, they need another degree, they need another something before they are uh, feeling 
uh, equipped to take that step forward. It's going to it's going to have to be imperfect action. It's go- at some point um, you want to be. But even once you start taking imperfect action, the result is going to require patience. Absolutely. Okay? Um, this is going to redirect you. There was this TV commercial that upset me so much um, about as college. OK. And this lady has comes on. and She goes, I'm getting my degree so I can finally start my own business. Really? That really bothered me. <laughs> the TV commercial is trying to pontificate that you need to get a college degree before you start your own business. And that's just not the case. It's just not the case. It, it is what it is. I think that um, apprenticeship has oh, gone by the, the wayside. So much, um, uh, so much, so much of the respect for learning and experiencing things had had been overcome by uh, formal education. One more thing: we're about to do our greeting songs and greeting logos. But one more thing about your patience when it comes to your work and your business. Your efforts has to run ahead of your money and it runs ahead of your money until your money catches up and this is how it goes you start out in business and you have money way back here and you have to work hard and you have to keep working hard well what happens when you keep working hard your money starts to move you start to get a little bit of money and you keep working hard and eventually your money catches up to your efforts and then if you keep working then your money passes your efforts. Now, you know when your money passed your efforts, when you start earning more but having to do less work. When you're earning more money than you were working before, that's when you know your money has passed your efforts and you're doing it the right way. Good morning, Dr. Beverly. And this is a balance that you have to keep doing it all the time, the same the same cycle. Jacqueline has a, has a comment. She says, love this conversation about patience. It's so organic. Having patience for a pot of water to boil, for an oak tree to grow, requires different timing. Had to have different levels of timing for each of my children as they learned everything. everything. The challenge was learning patience with myself. Look, uh, 11 month old baby. Time for that baby to walk, right? So you stand that baby up and say, walk. And then the baby teeters and falls down. And then the, the right parent would say, damn it, I told you to walk. That's not walking. That's falling. I said, walk. You're old enough to walk. You should know how to walk by now. My other, other kids start walking at 11 months. How come you're not walking at 11 months? You're supposed to walk. Right? No, that's not what we do. We love on the standing. We love on the falling. We love on it. And that's why everyone who's physically capable does to walk does. Unless they're a boy and they wait until about 13 months and then they have Boys don't take no. Most babies, 11, 12 months, they walk it. The girls walk a lot. Oh my God! What am I walking into? In my experience, this is not not an affront. This is this is a matter of opinion. Oh my God! In my experience, my nieces, my all of my girls in my family, they walk between eight and ten months. Eight months, really? Eight and ten months. Yes, absolutely. You know, eight months. But anyway, go ahead. We gotta do our greeting songs, baby. Now, greeting songs. This show is called Let's Talk About. Her name is still Lisa Santiago McNeil. And my name is Brian K. McNeil. And together we make up what's called the Empowerment Duo. And this show's been going since October 2016. And some of you guys, like Melissa Price here, have been rocking with this show for years and are consistent contributors like Miss Phyllis George there. And we'd like to thank them for that with the greeting song or greeting logo. Up first today is Miss Melissa Price. She has a greeting song. And it goes, bam, 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 b
Now it's time for us to sing her song. Melissa's on. Good morning, Miss Melissa Price. Up next is Miss Phyllis George. Miss Phyllis is here. <clears throat> so clear the way. Miss Phyllis is here. Now we can all have a great day. And hey, Jacqueline, she is laughing. She is laughing at 13 months. Um, I'm telling you, it really depends. Like you said, patience is dependent upon the child. What if there are some uh, some outliers or some situations that are causing their walking to be impeded? Miss <clears throat> Jacqueline Rosier has a logo, according to Jacqueline. Well, according to Jacqueline, she also has a song. Jacqueline Rosie, pretty little girl that I adore. You're the only one my heart beats for. I'm so glad that you are my heart. And Michelle DeWitt has a jam as well. Is it DeWitt? DeWitt, Michelle DeWitt. How about how cool is that? Michelle, do you ever catch yourself going DeWitt? D wit Michelle D wit <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie. Life has new meaning to me. There is beauty up above and things we never take notice of. You wake, wake up, up and Stephanie, Stephanie you're in love. Ooh, ooh, Yes, she does. Michelle's doing say, yeah, of course she does her jam. Arthur Lynette has a jam, too. At this table we sit. Making it legit. Because when Lynette hits the show, oh, we need more rapping logos. Okay, we need more rap. We're going to find something, too. I'm going to put somebody's rap together. Okay. You're going to be rapping now, huh? Yeah. My rap is good in my neighborhood. Felicia's here. Felicia Gardner has a song as well. Felicia, we love you. You're the one, the one for me. That's right, Miss Felicia. We love you here, Miss Felicia. Mark Greer says, I'm late today. My apologies. Each one of us, it's not your job. Each one of us has to has the opportunity to do something great today. Do not waste this day, this time, this moment to do something great for yourself and someone else. The world desperately needs what you have. Share your greatness. Everyone, be blessed today. Now, see, that's the equivalent of the co-worker showing up late to work but bringing donuts for everybody. Okay. <laughs> it's like okay. That. Mark was a little bit late on point, but he brought an amazing message. That's the equivalent. Thank you for that, Mark Greer. Dr. Deborah's here. Dr. Deborah. Nonprofit strategist and funding coach. Mm. But back on that, when the coworker is late for work and they show up with two dozen um, Krispy Kreme donuts, does anybody care if they were five or ten minutes late? <laughs> nobody. <laughs> if they were twenty minutes late, still nobody would care. <laughs> McDonald's has a whole campaign around that now. What's that? Showing up late but bringing McDonald's. All is forgiven. Yeah, it is. If you bring something with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Beverly's here. Dr. Beverly's here. Dr. Beverly is on the show. I still love the story Dr. Beverly told us about. She was in her car one time. There was someone on the street, and they saw her, recognized her, and yelled out, Dr. Beverly is on the show. <laughs> Who else? Brother Mark. We did Mark. Oh, we got to do Mark's song. Mark Greer has a jam, too. <clears throat> so why'd you can't get 
so low you can't get under it. So high you can't get over it. Mark Greer is under a groove. He's getting down just for the fuck of it. Mark Greer is under a groove. Nothing can stop us now. What's up, Mark? How you doing, man? I need Absolutely. to talk to you today, Mark. I'm gonna call you and see if you have some time. Uh, Dr. Deborah said, thanks for those donuts, Mark. Amen. <laughs> Jacqueline said, Melissa sang my song to me yesterday while at the beach. I love it. I saw Melissa's um, video came out, but I wasn't in a position to watch it because I had it on my phone. I was already in bed. And How fun is that? I want to see it, so I'm going to watch it today. But I am so happy for you guys. I'm going to go ahead and leave us with a card today. I actually okay. have been uh, processing the cards before the show, and one came out to me as a as it has to do with patience. And that is simply, I do sit still and hear from God. Hearing from God requires patience because he often speaks in a small, still voice. What you don't want is for God to have to yell at you to get your attention because that usually hurts. Uh, I am going to read Miss Felicia Gardner's comment before we get out of here as well. But good card, Lisa. Thank you very much for that. Felicia Gardner says, I understand your view, Brian. Yes, overthinking um, overthinking can cause hesitation. But some, some people be in their feelings and react before thinking. Example, road rage or out of anger harming themselves or others because of the pain they feel inside or a disturbing thought. Take a deep breath and a second to think before making a life-altering decision. We must, we might just save our life, even our own. Stephanie Mars says, great show today. Thank you. And Mark Greer says, you're welcome, Dr. Deborah." <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, be sure to share it. Tell a friend, invite them for tomorrow. We're looking forward to seeing you all again tomorrow for Thursday Thoughts. And if you were if you operate a business that can be uh, interacted with internationally, you might want to bring them over to some networking to have a chance to meet with some people from all over the globe. We have people from uh, Australia, people from England and the UK, and we're excited and excited to introduce them to you. Every day, every Wednesday at noon, we do international networking. This is going to be in a year and a half that we've been doing this. These have been doing this a year and a half. Today is going to be the first meeting where I won't run it, okay? Where I'm not going to be the, the person to facilitate the meeting because I was part of this organization. Supposed to, you're supposed to have six months to be the president, but I did three consecutive terms because that's what the people wanted. But anyway, I'm not doing a term anymore, so someone else going to be the um, president today. And Jacqueline says, great card. That word still keeps showing up. That's great right. reminder. You Absolutely. guys have a beautiful Thank rest you, of your day. And you are welcome, and don't forget to have sex. See you tomorrow, Thursday Thoughts.